0: Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's just go ahead and give God the praise. Hallelujah. He's all deserving. He's all worthy. Thank you, Father. We praise your holy name, Lord. There is no one else like you, Lord. We magnify you, we exalt you, we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and we'll be glad in it. Hallelujah. Father, I just come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you've sent your word today. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that your word goes forth and that it never returns to you void, but it shall accomplish that which you please and prosper in the things where you send it. it. You've sent your word here to us at Heart of the Bay Christian Center today. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that my speech and my preaching are not filled with enticing words of men's wisdom, but that they are a demonstration of your spirit and of your power, that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God alone. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. I thank you, Lord, that you make my tongue as the pen of a writing writer, able to write into the hearts of your people today, the very oracles of God. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement with that prayer said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, praise God. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Amen. And the ones that are chosen are the ones that showed up. Amen. Thank you for showing up this morning. Praise God. Driving through the rain and through those uh, roadways. Amen. Amen. Praise God we're here. And uh, amen. I, I know that you will not be disappointed with what the Holy Spirit has for us this morning. Amen. Now, last week, uh, Pastor Mark ministered on the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. He ministered on the kingdom of God, and praise God, I'm going to be ministering about the kingdom of God this morning. That's what the Holy Spirit gave to me. I knew I was going to be ministering to it even before I knew Pastor Mark was going to open up on the kingdom of God last week. Praise God. That's how uh, the Lord works. Amen. Amen. The Lord transcends time and space, and praise God, he knew that uh, we were going to be talking about the kingdom of God. So we know that the kingdom of God is not a place, but it is God's system. As Pastor Mark ministered, it's God's system. It's God, God's way of doing things. He has a certain way of doing things. And uh, it is upon us to know how God does things so that we can do things the same way as God's people. Amen. We want to be uh, proficient and we want to be wise in operating in the ways of God. You know, the the Bible says that that his people, God's people, are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. If we don't know what the Word of God says... Somebody can tell us, you know, the Word of God says that, you know, women aren't supposed to wear makeup, that, that women are supposed to be wearing long dresses, that they should be quiet in the church. You know, all of that stuff is taken out of context. Uh, Pastor Mark said that when you know the truth, what? Knowing the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. You know, it's one thing that the truth is out there, but we have to know The truth, Amen. And so, you know, it's really important that we understand what the kingdom of God is, that we understand how to operate in the kingdom of God. Pastor Mark talked about the fact that we're going to have to change the way that we speak or we're going to have to uh, line up our words with the kingdom of God. Right. We're also going to have to line up our thoughts with the kingdom of God and we're going to have to line up our actions with the word of God. Jesus said, you know, that it's, you know, he said that the, that the children of darkness in these days are wiser than the children of light. In other words, the, you know, the children of darkness are wiser, the people in the world are wiser, or they know how to operate in their world system better than God's people know how to operate in God's system. And it should not be that way, right? Amen. We we ought to know exactly how God operates, Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna get into some of this today. Now, um, how many of you have ridden the BART system here in the Bay Area? Right? We've all taken the BART train, and uh, you know I, I I travel a lot on my job, and um, just the other week I was traveling back from a uh, trip to Colorado, and I was sitting next to this woman and. You know, we got to talking, and she told me that she was from Nebraska, which is very far away from the Bay Area, and she was coming out here to join her husband for the weekend. Her husband was on a business trip, and, you know, they are going to be staying in Union Square and doing, you know, a nice uh, trip for, for a couple that, uh, you know, um, wanted to enjoy the Bay Area. And she told me, she said, you know, um, my husband told me that I should just take the BART train from San Francisco International. That's where we were flying into. We are going into SFO. She, uh, she said her husband told her, you know, taking the BART train is no problem, getting from SFO to Union Square. Well, you know, for people who understand the BART system, that is true. There's not much to it. I mean, you just get on, the, you get on one of the trains that are going into downtown, and bam, you're right there in Union Squ- Square if you get off at the right station, right? And, you know, I brought my own BART ticket. I have my BART ticket. And BART has a system, right? And if you don't understand the BART system, if you've never tried the BART system, you will be lost. The minute that you walk into a BART station and say, okay, I see these people sticking these cards in a slot, the gate opens up and they tunnel right through and go on to the trains. But if you've never seen the BART ticket machines, you wouldn't even know where to start. I mean, there are no directions on those machines that tells you this is how you buy a ticket. This is how you get from point A to point B in the Bay Area. But see, we understand the BART system because we use it a lot, right? Or somebody's shown us how to use that system. Or maybe we've lost money in one of those machines and took it upon ourselves to learn how these machines work and how the system works. Well, the same thing is in God's system. You know, to the world, they don't understand how God's system operates. So when we talk about the kingdom of God, people are like, hmm, what are you talking about? Praise God, it should not be so with God's own people. Amen? We need to understand the word of God. We need to understand what the word of God says about his kingdom. I want you to turn here to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, we're going to talk about something foundational with regard to the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 4. Pastor Tom, did did they get the scriptures? Um, Maybe not. Okay. Well, if we can just turn to Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Mark chapter 4, verse 3. I'll go ahead and start reading out of the King James Version. It says, "Hearken! behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed some Fell by the wayside. What was the sower sowing? He was sowing seed. Okay. Some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. And other other seed fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. You know, whenever you see Jesus say something like that, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. That means that we need to really be sharp and tune in to what Jesus just said. Because what he said is something very key to the life of a Christian. And when he was alone, they that were with him, with with the twelve, asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in, parables. in other words, that people who don't know God, they're going to hear these parables or these short stories that are parallels of what he's teaching, of a, of, of a principle that he's teaching. They're not going to understand. They're going to hear about this story about some, some dude s- sowing seed in the ground. But to the believer, there's more to it than that. And this, this is what Jesus said about it. He said unto you in verse 11, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, know ye not this parable, and how then will you know all parables? So this is really key. If For any of you who read the Bible, and we all should be reading the Bible if we're a believer, this this parable is the foundational parable for all parables. In other words, if you don't understand this one story that Jesus is talking about, you're not going to understand all of the other parables or other stories that he gives as illustrations for the kingdom of God. And then if you don't understand that, you're not going to understand how God does what he does. God's system, God's kingdom. So it's very important for us to understand this parable. Now we read in this parable that Jesus just said that there's a sower who's sowing seed. And there are four different types of ground. Say four, four types of ground. Amen. There's four types of ground that the seed falls onto. Number 1, we have seed falling by the wayside. Number two, we have seed falling on stony ground. Then we have, in the third case, seed falling amongst thorns, thorns or weeds. And then the fourth type of ground we see is what Jesus calls good ground. So we have four conditions here, right? Now, Jesus goes on to to explain in verse 15... This parable. Let's read on. And these are they by the wayside. So he's talking about this is what happens in, when the ground is called the wayside. Where the word is sown, but when they have heard, heard the word, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So we have this situation where seed is sown, and what happens? Birds of the air come, swoop down, take the seed... And the seed never grows. And what he's saying is, this is like Satan coming immediately after the word was sown. And it's just taken away. How many of you go out to brunch after church or grab a meal after church? You know, a lot of us do, right? I don't know about you, but I'm usually pretty hungry after church, okay? And so, you know, we'll go, you know, my family and I will go out. And, you know, and, and... you know, the Bible says that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Yet, you know, it almost seems like without fail, you know, when we go out someplace after church, something will come up that will try to steal the word. I mean, we, you know, we come to Heart of the Bay and, and man, you know, Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda, they bring the word, amen. And, you know, you get the word of God and, you know, you're all, you know, you're fired up and you're, you're all pumped up. You've been given spiritual food. And then all of a sudden, you know, something will happen immediately after service where Satan will try to steal the word that was sown. You might get bad service. Somebody might even cut you off in the parking lot here at church. God forbid. (laughs) Or you're on the highway, you know, going back home and, you know, something happens on the road. Look, all you have to understand is that is Satan trying to do his thing. He's so predictable. You know, what? he's like a broken record. He can't play anything except the last track. And yet, so often we fall for that trap. Right? And we get off course. We forget about what the word was just ministered. Might have been a word on patience. Might have been a word on long-suffering, right? Might have been a word about joy. And yet we forget about what was just spoken or what was sown into our hearts. All right, so that's seed sown by the wayside. Let's look at verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they've heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Man, did you hear what Pastor Mark ministered today? Oh, man, that, was, that word was so good. It was so rich. And, you know, you grab the word and, you know, for about a few days, you know, it's really good. But then, you know, something happens on the job. People get laid off. Or, you know, your boss gives you a hard time. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like you forget about what was ministered Sunday. That's why we have a midweek service, amen? So that you can refuel, amen? Because you know the world will find a way to beat you down, right? It says here in verse 17, And have no root in themselves, and so endure for but a time afterward, when affliction, say affliction, or persecution, say "persecution," persecution, arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. They are offended. That word offended simply means to be off the end. Right? You're, you know, you, you, you know, you're on your way towards something and all of a sudden you're offended and now you know, you're going in a different direction. Because of what? Affliction, persecution. What does affliction mean? Affliction simply means this, pressure. How many of you ever had to deal with pressure? Right? We've all dealt with pressure yeah. in our lives, right? Or distress. How many of you have ever felt pressed about something? Hmm? Yeah. Amen. Do, I, you know, do we need to do a little round of uh, Father Abraham here? It seems like uh, some people need to wake up a little bit. That's all right. That's all right. Praise God. I know you're getting this. We're all good ground. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Affliction, pressure, distress. How about this? Straits. How I many ever felt like you were in a strait, a tough place, a struggle? And you know, this world, this life will give you every opportunity to face pressure, to face straits, to face distress, right? To be pressed. And it says here that you know, after a while, that word will begin to wither away. It'll dry up. It'll cease to exist. If we allow pressure, if we allow distress, if we allow ourselves to go into the straits of life, what's persecution? Is harassment or annoyance? Now, I'm not going to ask you to lift up your hands, but how many of you have family members that <laughs> harass you or annoy you? Huh? <laughs> you put your hands down, man. We don't we don't want to know your business here in the service, but but. But, you know, we all have that, right? We all know somebody, or we may not even know somebody. It may be a perfect stranger that may may come and harass you for no good reason. Or something that may annoy you. That's a persecution. So, when affliction, in verse 17, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately, they are what? offended. In other words, the goal will never be met. You'll never reach the end of the of the path because you allow persecution, you allow affliction. Now, let me just say this. Pastor Nancy talked about our small group meetings on Wednesday. I think this is a great opportunity to, to remind you again That's why we have these small group meetings on boundaries. Boundaries allow you to shut out the bad or the muck of life, the afflictions, the persecutions, the attacks in life. Amen? teaches you how to say no to that stuff. And then to open up your heart, say yes to the things of God. See, a lot of times we have clutter in our lives or we have pressure in our lives because we're, our lives are so cluttered. They're full of stuff except God. Yeah, They're full of everything except the things of God. And that's why I really encourage you to, 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 to sign up and, and join one of these small group discussions and to, to feed on the word about boundaries. Because see, a lot of us aren't guarding our hearts with all diligence as we're commanded by the Lord. And when you don't guard your heart, or in, this, in, this, in the context of this parable, if we're not guarding our ground, if we're not guarding our garden, stuff's going to right. come up. And the Word of God which was sown in your life, the Word of God which is intended for you to increase you, to bless you, to prosper you, to make you whole and healthy, yeah. will be made of no effect. That's, right. That's, right. That's why we have the class on boundaries, amen? So that you can draw the line. Yeah, right. Draw the line. Amen. amen? Devil, you are not allowed here. Amen? Ron right. amen. Amen. Minnie, you're not allowed here. Okay? Or Cousin Doug? No, uh-uh. Off limits. Amen? Yeah. Boundaries. That's why we have these classes. Praise God for it. Amen. Thank God we got a pastor that knows how to take care of his sheep. Amen? amen. Praise God. So, let's look at this third condition, this third type of ground. And these are they which are sown among thorns. I'm reading from verse 18. And these are they that which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word and it what? Becomes unfruitful. So here we've, we've talked about the word being sown onto ground called the wayside, sown on the ground called stony ground where affliction and persecution arise and make the word a no effect. And then you have this third condition where you have seed sown among thorns or weeds. And there we, we see that there are different types or different species of weeds here. There's one type of weed or thorn called cares of this world. Then there's another one called deceitfulness of riches. And then we have a third type called the lust of other things. The lust of other things. Let me give you some definitions here. Cares simply means this. Anxiety. Worry. Talk about some pressure. Pressure. Well, what happens when you have pressure? You start to worry, right? If you, if you don't put the word of God on it, you're going to begin to fall into a place of fear and worry. Cares. Cares of this world. Here's another word, and this, is, this these are based on the actual um, Greek words. Distraction. How many of you have been distracted before, huh? How many of you have seen people distracted on Highway 880, huh? They're looking at their phone, they're sitting there texting except, and doing everything except watching the road in front of them. What happens? Something usually crashes, right? You usually have an accident. Well, the same thing can happen in life. You can get distracted, and you can get your mind off of the things of God, and all of a sudden, bam! you've know, you you've crashed and burned. You, all of a sudden, you've got chaos and mess around you, and you don't even know what happened. Because you were distracted. The cares of this world. The cares of this world. Don't let the cares of this world overtake your life. Amen? Then there's the deceitfulness. The deceitfulness of riches. That word deceitfulness simply comes from the same word that means deception. Deception. You know, there are a lot of people that work not just one job, but two jobs. Sometimes, maybe three jobs. Past time, you know, uh, I believe the Lord's called me to help with the media or sound department, but you know, I'm working the second job, you know, I'm just trying to make ends meet, and you know, you now it is in the Bay Area, it's expensive. So I'd love to serve, but I can't serve. What happens? It's the deceitfulness of riches, it's the deception. There's a deception that, that the world has everybody buying into that if you have money, everything will be all right. Yeah. As long as you got a paycheck, everything's going to be all right. Let me tell you something. I've met a lot of people with a lot of money, and they're still unhappy. They're, they're worried. They're dying. They're sick. Money doesn't mean anything. Amen? Yeah. Now, my, money does answer a matter, but praise God, money is not everything. Yeah. Amen? The Bible says that the, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Money can't buy you peace. Money can't buy you healing. You might be able to get into a good doctor's office, but you'll be paying that joker hundreds of dollars to tell you, you know what, there's no cure for what you got. And then what you're going to do? You can have all the money in the world. Look, Stephen Jobs had all the money in the world, but it didn't help him overcome pancreatic cancer. That's the reality of what money can do for you in a situation like that. But God has a way. He is the way maker. Amen? And He is the God, our physician. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer. And you know what? If you put your trust and faith in God, amen... He'll make a way where there is no way. The doctors may tell you one thing, but praise God, God is telling you, look, don't believe the report of the world, but believe upon the report of the Lord. Amen? And so, amen, we have to put our value, amen, thank you Pastor Tom for that pre-teaching, amen, we have to put our value in the things of God, in the Word of God. Because the Bible tells us that he sent his word and healed them all. Amen? Deceitfulness. The misleading of riches. The misleading of riches. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't work hard. I'm not telling you that you, shouldn't, you, know, you should not try to succeed in life. But follow God's way of doing things. Amen? Doing it. Do it God's way. And God will you know, elevate you. God will take you up higher. Amen? Amen. Then there's this thing called lust of other things. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our body. Amen? With all our strength. We're supposed to love the Lord. That is our first commandment. Amen? Amen? And then the second is like that, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't say that we're supposed to love all these other things that some people fall in love with. Some people fall in love with stuff. Some people fall in love with other people. Nothing wrong with that, but your relationship with God is always first. Amen? You know, that's one thing that, you know, my marriage with my wife is built upon, is that we we both love the Lord first. We love the Lord more than we love each other. Amen? But because we love the Lord more than we love each other, we love each other a lot, and that's why we've been married. We'll be celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary this year. Amen? I mean, in this world, you know, it's like a miracle. If people are married more than five years nowadays, you know. But praise God, you know, 25 years. Now, you know, I can't say that, you know, it's been heaven on earth every day. It has been heaven on earth. Maybe not every day, but most of the days. Amen? Yeah. But praise God, we're still together. Amen. Amen? And bringing up godly seed in my son. Amen? The lust of other things. Lust is simply this, an intense desire or an intense appetite that is not of God. See, a lot of people say, well, you know, I love ice cream. Well, you may be lusting after ice cream. Or, you know, you may you know, love cars or some other hobby or something. God says, look, you know what? There's, there's a time and a place for stuff to enjoy, but it is not supposed to overcome your love of God. That's right. Because when it does, then it becomes a lust. And, you know, so many people allow these three types of thorns to come up in their garden and choke the good stuff. I have a garden in my backyard, and I, I, I have these jasmine bushes, and I love the smell of jasmine, you know, especially when those little white flowers come and bloom. It smells great, but, man, that stuff is, is like a weed. It's like kudzu. I don't know if any of you have ever been from the South, but kudzu just grows everywhere, you know. And, it, and jasmine, was just it, I, I noticed it'll start wrapping itself around plants right next to it and start choking it off. You know, and, and you know, not, now Jasmine's not a bad thing. And some of the things like, you know, that we may like in this world are not bad things. But if we allow it to grow and overtake the more valuable things in our lives, it'll choke it, it'll be, make it become lifeless. And then all of a sudden, you have too much of something. And remember, Pastor Tom talked about having just balances in our lives, that's where our values come in. We are to value the Lord and his word above all things. The Bible says that we are to be sober and vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he'll use these things. He'll use deception. He'll use lust. He'll use all kinds of distractions. He'll use the pressures of life to get you off track. But praise God, say, hey, I'm not, I'm not any of those. No, what are we? Praise God, we're good ground. We're good ground. And this is what we read in verse 20. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as what? Hear the word, hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit. Some thirtyfold, some sixty and some a hundred. Praise God. Good ground. See, it says that you not only hear the word, because we all hear the word, but we have to receive it. That word receive it is not a passive verb. It actually is quite active. If you look at the original word for receive, it means to grab. It means to grip. It means to get a handle on it and to lay hold of it and take it. Amen. The Word of God that goes forth every Sunday and every Wednesday, we're supposed to grab it, we're supposed to take it. Amen? And hold on to it. You know, there's going to be every opportunity in this life for you to grab the Word, but then to loosen your grip on it. Amen? You know, there's a situation in, in my own work um, where I had been working on this one account, and, um, I mean, it took me months, months, and a lot of follow-up with this account to try and close this deal. And, you know, I, I could see the finish line, you know, of closing this deal, and, all, and the customer, they said, you know what, you're just one step away from being fully qualified, and then we're going to turn all of our business over to you. And, uh I told our team, the team, you know, we had all our engineers and all our technicians, they were all excited. It's like, yeah, let's go after it, you know, it's a great opportunity. What happened? Weeks go by, (laughs) finally months go by, all of a sudden we can't do what we thought we could do. We had a big problem, we couldn't solve it. Finally, I had to go to go back to this customer and I said, you know what? You've given us a great opportunity to try and win your business, and unfortunately, it just has not worked out. Um, We're going to keep trying, but in your time frame, I just want to let you know. And then this is where, you know, you have to do the honorable thing. Sometimes, you know, you just have to tell people the truth. You know, even though it's not pretty, it's not great, but, you know, know, as people of God, you have to walk in integrity. And so I told him, look, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity that you've given to us, but it's just not working out. Maybe you need to stay with who you are doing business with now. And, you know, they weren't happy about it, but then they, at the same time, they said, well, you know, if something works out, just let us know. Well, you know, a few months go by. Now, I have not given up on this. Amen. That's right. You know, <laughs> a lot of people my company did. They said, okay, well, you know, it was a good try, Rich, but, you know, let's move on. But, you know, I continue to confess the word of God daily over my lives. And I say, you know what, Lord, you've given me the power to prosper. Amen. You've empowered me to prosper. And so, you know, it may not look good today, but praise God, I thank God that there's a tomorrow. Amen. Amen. And I'm not giving up on this. And so, you know, I thank you, Lord, that, uh, you know, that that you are the God of increase, that you are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my provider. And that you do supply my every need according to your riches and glory by the anointed one, Jesus. And so, you know, what happened was, you know, uh, we, got, we, we got some new people in our company and we said, you know, uh, the boss said, hey, why don't we give this another shot? So they gave it another shot. And praise God, it worked. Yay. Amen? Oh, yeah. So then I called the customer up and uh, I said, hey, uh, so-and-so, you know, I just want to let you know, you know, I, I can't make any firm promises right now, but we're on the cusp of succeeding in this project. He said, hold on, hold on a minute, Rich. I'm going to go grab my boss. My boss is like this exec. And this is a large company, okay? If I told you their name, you know, you would, you would instantly recognize their name. And he grabs his boss, and he said, so tell us what's been going on. And I told him, and And the engineer that I'd been working with, he said, you know, I was putting together this plan and I had your company name on it. And I thought, you know what, these guys aren't, they're not working out. But he said this, he said, something told me to leave you on there. Uh And so now I know why. (laughs) Let me tell you something, folks. You operate in God's ways. Praise God. He'll never let you down. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He is the way maker. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You are the way maker. You are the maker. You are the one who makes a way in the wilderness. Hallelujah. You cause rivers to flow in the desert, in the dry places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where there is no hope, we have hope in you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Don't give up. Hold on. Lay hold. Receive. Grab that word. Hallelujah. That's been sown in your hearts. Don't let it go. Amen. I want everybody to bow their heads. Hallelujah.